Welcome to the University of Southern Queensland's careers show, Unleash Your Career. I'm Spencer Howson and here's Lou Bromley. Hello, Lou. Hello, Spencer. How are you? Very well. We, they asked us back for a second show. They let us in. Yes. The door was unlocked. That's all right. <laughs> and we let in a couple of guests this week. So we're continuing on with entrepreneurship as our theme from the inaugural USQ Unleash Your Career show. And we've got an Ipswich spotlight, and I'd really like to welcome Lex Van Kooten and Anne-Marie Walton. You're both from Fire Station 101 here in Ipswich. Hello Hello. today. Hello. Hello. Now, Lex, I'm going to throw it open to you first. The bios, a bit about Lex. Lex is the man behind the Brisbane Virtual Reality Club. And yes, it's based Mm. at Ipswich. We're going to delve into that a bit further. We want to hear a little bit more about your startup, but also you work with virtual reality, mm-hmm. but also augmented reality. I want to do a bit of buzzword bingo with you. Yeah. What's the difference between the two? Look, uh, the difference, uh, I get that question a lot um, very often, and obviously it's quite hot in the media at the moment, virtual reality and augmented reality, but what's the difference really? It comes down to the way that you consume the content. So virtual reality, you need a headset, you are completely immersed into a virtual environment. And so you can't see your friends or family around you. Uh, it takes you to a completely new world um, that you can either interact with or just look around, um, travel around. Uh, in terms of augmented reality, however, that's more of a digital overlay on the real world around you. So you can either consume, you can you can experience things through your mobile phone. Obviously, Pokemon Go was the hot one that happened recently, um, where you're looking through a screen and you're having these digital objects around you popping up. Um, but we're slowly moving towards headsets. You know, there's a little bit of um, hype around Apple and what they're looking at doing. Uh, but essentially what we're hoping to see over the next 10 years is a headset that you can wear. And while you're walking around, you know, the streets of um, Brisbane or Ipswich, it'll actually, you know, you might have an app, the Google Maps app that will direct you in like point you in the right direction. Or you might walk by a store and see pop up information about the the hot food deals that are going on at the moment. So that's mainly the difference. One is completely immersive. You put, pop on a headset. The other one is actually uh, digitally overlaying content around the real world around you. Now, when you were saying things like Pokemon Go, most people know what that is, even mm. if they were just hearing their kids talk about it, for example. They may right. not have actually searched for any Pokemon ever in their life, analog or digital or otherwise. Right. But where is the future for this virtual reality or augmented reality for the world of work? Is it, is it just gaming or where uh, are we going with it? Look, it's starting in gaming. Um, there's obviously a lot of funding that's going on. Facebook, there's a few major companies that are in this at the moment. I think it's really important to see what the major companies are doing um, around hardware, I think, is the main challenge at the moment. So the hardware really needs to come down in price and also ergonomics and the ability to you know, pop it on and, and it's a comf- it needs to be a comfortable experience. Um, the next stage to that is content, as you mentioned. So games is a big one. Um, there's a lot of investment going into the gaming um, side of things. But in terms of its actual applications, it's, there's a huge, huge amount of um, actual applications for VR and augmented reality um, in multiple different industries. So something I'm really interested in is, you know, applications around uh, construction, uh, healthcare. Um, it's being used a lot in marketing at the moment, so event activations. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's really going to impact every industry. Now, when you were talking about, you know, you can walk the streets of any town, looking at Google Maps or something like that, Mm, with a headset. Now, I'm wearing headphones, but it's not the same thing. Are we still talking about those mega goggles that you're putting over to create, you know, a landscape or some sort of immersion experience? 
Yeah, so goggles, yeah. So the they're, they can be pretty big and bulky, um, but the, there's also mobile headsets that are out now, so they can actually work with your smartphone. Um, and you can buy a really cheap Chinese headset, slot your phone in, and um, go for you know a tour of Rome um, through something like 360 video footage. Great. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about your startup and what you're hoping to achieve here in Ipswich. Yeah, so look, we started back in 2014. It was literally as a monthly meetup um, and it's continuing on as a monthly meetup. So every month we do meet. Uh, it's actually at the Brisbane Powerhouse is our monthly event. Um, and really the focus for that is to give access to the general public at, at entry level. So a lot of people don't have the funds to go out and purchase some of this high end, even though it is consumer ready. It's still about a $3,000 price point to get your computer and the headset. So this, this is really, you know, the really nice polished experiences. Um, so what we do is we really try and give people their first experience so that they can start thinking about how it apply to them in their industry. And then from there, we work with them and guide them on how can they develop some content that would be relevant. So it's, it's really a, yeah, it's really a entry level thing for a lot of our customers. Now, I noticed on your website, you've been talking about applications of this. And one that caught my eye was the therapy space. Mm. And another was using an e-commerce, which I thought couldn't get more far removed from, you know, therapists and that sort of counseling experience. So for me as a career counsellor, I want to hear from you a little bit more about how virtual reality and augmented reality is going to change my job. Yeah. Look, I, I'm not a therapist. I'd love to sit down with one and actually discuss what the potential applications are. I think the interesting uh, applications that I've seen so far is the social element. So you could be a, a therapist here in Ipswich, but there could be your client base could be international and they could join in in a virtual space and they could be represented as an avatar you could be represented as an avatar and the you're you're essentially you can remove a lot of that my understanding of, i haven't i haven't been to a therapy session but my understanding is you can remove that um i guess uh you can have an intimate conversation but without feeling too um what's the right word so I know, I'm thinking here in the studio, not too confrontational, confrontational. as I stare down yes. at you across That's the studio. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And also you can be in an environment that might be more relaxing. You can have soothing music playing. You might be on a virtual beach or, or an environment that that user or your, your client might be more comfortable in. Um, and so that, I think, is you're breaking, you're, you're breaking the, the you, you can have an intimate experience, but without it being too... Uh, intense, if that makes sense. And that sounds like it's really going to disrupt the idea that, you know, if you're a psychologist or a social worker or a counsellor of any type, you don't need an office anymore. You just need your headset. You correct. can go there. Yeah, yeah. correct. Okay. Yep. And, and you know, you can add in that level of interactivity as well. So the environment, environment you can have, you know, cool, fun activities that might be relaxing and help, it, and help that person to open up over the course of their session with you. Um, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of potential in, in that industry, I think, is, is definitely an interesting one. So the other end of this, e-commerce, you know, mm. come and take my money. How are you going to do that through VR or AR? I think it's quite early at the moment, to be honest. So right now what we're doing, we did recently did a project for Hyundai and that was to help them uh, visualize their um, and promote the, the latest i30 um, model release. That was earlier this year and essentially people could come along to the Fire Station Innovation Hub and before the car was even available at your local car yard, you can go for a test drive, uh, 360 video footage test drive in the car 
and actually go through what are the latest features that, are, that will be available. Um, so that was a way of, of basically getting your product out there, getting people to consume it or use it and try it out and see if there's interest there early on. Uh, then I feel like we're not really there yet in terms of the number of headsets that are available in every household to allow for something like shopping online um, to be a thing yet. So I think there's a lot of experiential um, applications around showing your product to your customer who might not physically be able to make it to your store um, or showing behind the scenes what goes into your, you know, your really fancy wine. Um, what's the story behind that? So branding is a big uh, potential application there as well. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're slowly getting there. Alibaba is a big online store. I think Amazon as well. They've been, both of have been hinting at bringing in virtual reality developers into their companies and establishing their platform in a way that it can be visualized in 3D uh, so that your customers can, you know, at home have a headset and walk through a shopping mall, you know, without being interrupted by people with their trolleys, you know, you can actually have, you know, a look at all of the products in a virtual space. So it's coming. I don't think that is here yet, but it's definitely coming. All right. So it's the future of work and the future of, well, shopping, really. Correct. That was pretty good. Yeah. I've got one question to ask you before we take a quick break. Mm -hmm. What made you think about startups are for you career-wise? Um, look, I don't think I, coming out of university, I didn't feel like that I had the skill set. I, I wouldn't hire myself is the way that I saw it. So I, that that's just the honest truth. That's a tough bit of feedback yeah, for yourself. Yeah. So I almost want to ask which university, but I'm scared <laughs> that the answer might be USQ and then it wouldn't be good. No, it wasn't USQ. Then it was a good no, thing to ask. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent I, won't answer answer. That. I won't answer that though. Um, the, uh, yeah. So the, uh, I think with coming out of university, feeling like I didn't have the right skill set, um, looking around the job market and realizing like there's nothing here that I would work like I feel like I generate myself in particular I love to work um, and I really want to find something that I'm passionate at and I'm happy to put in more than nine to five um, so I just looked at the what I was interested in I studied business but I was interested in technology um, there were three technologies at the time that I was looking at 3d printing drones and virtual reality um, I could tell that 3D printing was on a bit of a hype uh, curve and drones, there were some limitations um, around that that we can go into another session if you want. But uh, virtual reality was the one where, you know, I grew up reading fantasy novels, thinking about um, what it would be like to actually live in a virtual world. And so virtual reality just seemed to be that right fit for me. Ever thought of creating virtual Westeros for all of the fans now in their hiatus? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it, the, it, there's going to be so many of these different worlds that pop up. Um, it'll be a little bit scary because when it gets to a point where, you know, people actually enjoy the virtual space more than the real world, that'll be a little bit scary. But I think that there's going to be a lot of similar to what Facebook has done with, you know, connecting people who, you know, have been separated over long periods of time, you know, reconnecting friends and family. I think the the potential of you meeting and making friends that are globally in a virtual social space or setting, I think that's a really exciting thing. And that's a positive, definitely. Great. Now we're going to listen to some music for a second. And I still do have Anne-Marie here, who's been listening to every word about Lex. We're going to hear about Anne-Marie's story in a second. Yeah, she said hello at the beginning, but who is Anne-Marie Walton? That's coming up next. <laughs> this is Unleash Your Career. Life moves fast. At the University of Southern Queensland, you can study when you want and how you want. Because we care about you, with personalised support throughout your entire learning journey, whether you choose to study on campus, online, full-time, part-time, or a combination to suit your busy life, 
visit the number one Queensland University provider for online study at usq.edu.au slash your future. That's where you'll find your future your way. Anne-Marie, the microphone is totally yours now. Tell us a little bit more about your startup that's based at Fire Station 101. Well, we all know someone struggling with the pressures of being a parent and getting quality time with their kids. Wantu is an easy app with lots of learning-inspired activities to do with two- to eight-year-olds, anywhere, anytime. It's customised for time, place and situation. So parents pick three things that they like to do. You look through the instructions and then you put the phone aside. So we're all about easier parenting, happy kids, but using technology for quick off-screen fun together. Now, I think you've just made a pitch at me. That's everything about Lou, really. Parent, (laughs) career coach, into startups. And it's also the age group of my little kids at home. So wow, target customer right in front of me. Let's do a little focus group. Um, I may have done bedroom eyes at you then, but uh, (laughs) two to eight-year-olds, we get to choose it as parents. Does that mean I don't have to select... Arts and crafts if I'm not arty and crafty. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Tell me a little bit more about how you can customise this. Yeah, well, you um, move into the app. Once you've set it up, first of all, you might want to do something with, say, Dan and Sarah. So you pick their photos. You say, oh, I've got 15 minutes. Let's do something inside. And the app generates suggestions for you, the parents. So you go through and you have a look and say, I like that one. I don't like that one. Choose three things that you personally are happy and going to have fun doing. The app takes those and hides them on the screen behind a bunch of balloons. So when Dan comes up and says, Mum, I'm bored, or Sarah comes up and says, you know, you said you'd do something with me, you hand them the phone, that piece of technology that they are attached to, you're attached to all the time that they're so comfortable with. They pick the yellow balloon and find out that you're making an inside fort. Nice. Yep. You are off to the US. Are you doing a pitch for Kids Want To? I actually may be doing so. I'm I'm presenting at the Digital Kids Media Summit in Austin uh, in about three weeks' time and I'm talking about digital kids media on a global stage and also um, learning for kids through technology. Uh, As an aside, I have actually been shortlisted. There is a, um, a pitch competition that's happening over there and three companies are pitching to venture capitalists and angel investors and I've been selected as a, a backup in case one of those three happened to break a leg. And, and Is it wrong case, to hope that sort of thing or a really bad cold that they can recover from? I don't know. I'd really like you up there on stage. I would too. Maybe if I smile a lot, they might take pity on this Aussie girl who's travelled so far and, yes. uh, and give me a little bit of a platform. We'll so. See. Pitch can mean a lot of different things to different people. So a bit of buzzword bingo with you. Can you define what a pitch is when we're talking startups and looking for finance? A pitch is all about being able to articulate what your idea, your business idea is, and getting people to understand by the end of a sentence, two paragraphs, five minutes, what you're doing that they can visualise and understand and also know how you can make money from it if you're talking to someone who potentially seeking investment from. You know, a lot of the pitching I do isn't necessarily seeking investment. It's trying to get an understanding that technology can be used in a fun way to build communication and creative um, thinking skills. Fantastic. Now, you wear many hats. So you're at Fire Station 101. You've got your startup as well, but you've just recently finished up at USQ as a project officer with... Women in regional and remote uh, enterprises helping a lot of people, well, women in regional and remote areas, get more involved in 
uh, entrepreneurial type activity and startups. Can you tell us a little bit more about the WIRE program? I can, and you just did a great pitch for the wireprogram.com, which is a free program for women in, as you said, regional, rural and remote areas of Queensland. And it's all about um, helping them uh, build their capacity. And we're doing that through a a series of programs. We've done some regional innovation pop-ups. We've run a number of forums, uh, some residential startup weekends. I was in Atherton um, not that long ago. Um, King Arroyo's got one coming up where it's a two-day program where women come in and step through all the problems, challenges or ideas they're having and we try and help them work through those. Uh, We run a series of webinars, um, provide mentoring through digital hubs and um, online workshops as well. So a real broad mix, which is needed because we're dealing with people who have established businesses, who have ideas, or somebody who wants to do something that's outside the realms of their experience. Now, I'm going to field this to both you and Lex now. This is about co-working life out at Fire Station 101. Take us on a journey inside. I'm kind of trying to do a bit of augmented reality here, potentially via radio, which is a little too meta for me right now. But I wanted you to paint a picture, describe it. Like what's, like, what's it like on the inside of these co-working hubs day to day or week to week? Lex, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. So with the Fire Station 101, I, we got involved right at the very beginning. So um, Chad, uh, the com- original community manager, when he was there, um, he would have invited you as well. Yes, I was. Um, yes, I was as one of the early members. One of the too. early ones as well. Okay, so as early members, it was great to see it grow from basically zero to where it's at right now. Um, the 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 space is you know really open to people who are interested in maybe just being there for a few days. So casual members, but also full-time members as well. So you can have a company. If you've already got a company um, and you're working from home and you want to have an office space where you can bring clients and show off your products, which is super valuable for us with the virtual reality side of things because a lot of people have never tried. You can't really can't visualize it. You really have to actually try it on to understand what virtual reality is. So that's been really useful for us. So especially anyone who has a physical product um, and isn't looking at you know, spending big dollars on a, you know, a dedicated office space, co-working spaces like Fire Station 101 is ideal and it is a great, you know, first step out of the home office. Great. And there's another aspect to it as well, Lou. Um, uh, it's a fantastic physical space because we're, we're housed in a converted fire station. Uh, so we have all this great glass high high windows, really fast internet, access to all the mod cons. Do they still have the pole that you can slide down? No, Is it they took, like that? They took that away. That would have been fun. But we just have to ask Lex if he can um, come up with a virtual yeah. a virtual version. That's true. We yeah. don't need anything real anymore. Lex has got us covered. It is. Um, one of the things, though, it isn't necessarily about the physical space as such. For me personally, um, it's about the community, the people that you're working alongside, not necessarily working with, the mentors that you can access, the networking opportunities, the introductions. We've had, um, since we opened in March last year, over 130 events with about 4,000 people through the door. Um, and those events have been across a broad spectrum. It might be um, some suggestions on legal and accounting things you need to look at. Yeah, I've how been looking ma- at those, yep. How yep. you manage social media uh, and also just basic things like pitching and one of the most important things in startup land validating your customer and knowing do you have a product that anybody else cares about. So important. That's really good. I'm curious for both of you, have you had any prior experience in small business or startups before your current startup? 
Yeah, so I um, back in high school, I used to do a few little businesses on the side. Uh, one of them was making um, MySpace websites for bands. Oh, I just went back in time. Yeah, that was a Back right? to the Future statement. Right? My goodness. That, um, and then also back when Teo Bayo, so that's a website that was uh, it is still around now, owned by Alibaba. That was the early days of Teo Bayo, so it was still all in Cantonese. Um, I actually had a couple of students who would uh, who lived with. Um, our family, international students, and they could translate. So what they did is they went and I got them to order some of these, you know, I will admit they were fakes, uh, but the flat brim, you know, uh, Knicks and, um, you know, all of those famous basketball um, branded caps. And so we'd actually import those and I'd go and sell them through my brothers who were in high school. And, and we had <laughs> a, a true a side of a, hustle. A bit here, of a Lex. distribution, yeah, happening across all the Ipswich schools. So, um, that those were a couple of my, and then I got into personal training, so I did that for about a year. A few little businesses, and I learned a lot along the way. So I think those early businesses and and trials and testing in the market helped really focus and help hone my understanding of what would work and what wouldn't work out in the real world. And Anne Marie, quickly, what's your background with startups or small biz? Um, a lot. I hadn't thought about it. I thought I had a corporate background. And then when I started remembering, oh, I, I started up that business and oh, that puppet show that I put together, I sold that before I even started. And from a community point of view, helping out at schools, um, there is so much that you can come up with different ideas and help other people. So I've had my fingers in a number of pies and most of them turned out pretty well. Lex and Anne-Marie, got a question about the best careers advice you guys have received that really helped you discover what you wanted to do? For me, um, I run by a motto called Embrace Change. Um, and that ties on from that advice I got many years ago, which encouraged me to take a risk because you can't achieve something if you don't make a start and try. Great. And I found that really valuable and I've taken it and literally running with it now. And Lex, thinking about that kid at high school or kid at uni who was thinking, eh, I don't know if this traditional salary job thing is for me. What was the best career advice you got about helping you to get where you are? I think the the best advice I got was the wrong advice. And so it would help me to really realise that I need to listen to my gut. And I think there's a lot of young people, it's just the truth through history. A lot of young people look towards the older, the, the you know, their parents or guardians um, to give them their plan for their life and I think you really need to dig deep and um, push away from the what the world around you is telling you is the right thing to do and really dig deep internally and think about what it is what's the core um, to you as a person I think as an example um, there is a lot of excitement at the moment in the education system around coding and and teaching people to code and that's great but there's also a lot of people who have talents and, and skills that are going to feel like they're not you know, that great because they aren't good at coding. I'm not necessarily the best coder, but I definitely employ coders. So I'm, you know, everyone has a certain skill set and everyone, and I'm speaking on this, you know, for startups as well, it's never a one man or one woman show. It, you need uh, multiple people with multiple skill sets. So look for what you're passionate about and go down that route, whatever that is. And I think that's just kind of age old, um, you know, advice that everyone's, you know, is kind of, it's, it's well known, but not many people travel that path. And I think if you can be bold and courageous as a young woman or a young man, really stepping out and pursuing what you think deep down is, is your true calling, I think that's, that's the real challenge, but it pays off in the end. And we've got a lot of students at the moment who are enrolled with our business and entrepreneurship mentoring program. So 
I'd like to hear now, we're getting meta. I want to hear your advice for the mentors and the mentees going through the program about, you know, accessing startups, following that dream, follow your passion. What do you recommend to those out there who are in that? Well, I was just going to say to Lex, it isn't just the, the young people. If you look at me as a post-50, uh, there's lots of opportunities in entrepreneurship and startup land for everybody. Um, and I suppose that comes back to what you were saying about mentors and mentees. So I am a mentee. I have, um, I have some very fantastic mentors who have helped me a long time along the way. Uh, but I am also a mentor and I have uh, a few people that I... Uh, provide mentoring advice and support as well. So I think it comes down to what Lex was saying about that skill set, looking at what skill set you have, looking at what other support you need to bring into your team or if not your team, just getting some advice and guidance and finding the right people and the right match that way. Lex, what's your advice out there for the mentors and the mentees? Um, Again, just following your passion and really finding something that you can put in a lot of work and it not feel like work. Again, that's kind of everybody says that, but actually finding that thing is is probably the biggest challenge. Do you have a mentor yourself? Um, no, it's just a voice in my head that speaks to me constantly. <laughs> I just listen to that. Um, I Look, I listen to a lot of people and I think listening is very important. Um, yeah, I would I'd probably really, really push the fact that you should listen to a lot of people, ask a lot of questions and, but don't don't take one particular person's perspective or point of view as you know the ultimate and that's it like if they uh, I mean I've heard of there's many many stories of mentors um, you know telling their mentees something and then the mentees kind of rising up and you know going against it or you know the mentors being that one key person that gave them that idea or the encouragement to try something that you know their family might not have been encouraging for so yeah I, I think um follow your gut and listen to a lot of people and but also challenge the the status quo thank you very much to lex thank you very much to Anne marie and sharing your stories today that was fantastic (laughs) over to you spencer thank you lou you've been listening to unleash your career if you know someone else who might enjoy or benefit from the wisdom imparted by today's guests tell them to have a listen you can also connect with us on social media on twitter lou is at house of bromley B-R-O-M-L-E-Y, and I'm at Spencer Halson. Have a great week. We're back in seven days with more Unleash Your Career.